This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm superstar Frank Moreno. Merry Christmas indeed. It's Christmas morning. I'm sure a lot of you, like me, have gotten up early because you waited until the very last minute to wrap your gifts or stuff them in the stocking or place them under the tree. And if you have, I'm keeping you company. Or maybe you're home by yourself today and I'm keeping you company as well. Either way, I am happy to spend Christmas morning with you. By the way, I was wondering if you, you know, there are stocking stuffers, right? We all know the tradition of a stocking stuffer, something that you put in there that's, that's you know, small. And it's not a main gift, not a primary gift. The gift that you put in the stocking stuffer, is that something that needs to be wrapped? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think the... You know, the discovery of it in the stocking is sufficient. Curious if you agree or disagree. You're obviously you're welcome to comment on anything else that we've been talking about this morning. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Tony Atwood, uh, Merry Christmas. I-, I don't know if you have an opinion on that. If you stick something in the stocking, do you also have to wrap it? What's your view? No, I- I'm not going to wrap it. I'm just going to stick it in the stocking. I'm not going to wrap it up. Okay, good. All right. I'm happy to hear that because even my wife, you know, I got her, uh, she's, I think, asleep now. I got her a, um, you know, a little, little, small little stocking stuff or something that I think she'll like for her office. I didn't wrap it. So I, uh, I think that's, that's my view as well. Hey, I want to thank, this is a listener who prefers to remain anonymous. So I'm not going to give out his identity. He emailed me something right before the show that I just got around to watching at the top of the hour. And it is phenomenal. Now, there's been a lot of negative criticism about this, but I absolutely love it. And it has to do with two personalities, flawed as they may be, that I get a big kick out of. Kevin Spacey and Tucker Carlson. Do you remember a couple of years ago when Kevin Spacey was under fire with all the, you know, allegations, the Me Too allegations, which he's been, I think, vindicated with in every single case that he'd been heard on. He did this weird video as Frank Underwood, his character with of uh, from House of Cards. Well, now I'm not going to play you the audio now, one, because I just watched it and didn't have time to edit it. Tucker Carlson in character is interviewing Frank Underwood as the president about the presidential race. And a lot of the headlines describe it as, I mean, again, it shows you the media, the media narrative here. Headline in Variety, Kevin and Spacey and Tucker Carlson release bizarre Christmas video slamming 2024 candidates. Deadline, Kevin Spacey delivers yet another Christmas message, this time with Tucker Carlson. Rolling Stone, Kevin Spacey has another bizarre Christmas Eve video. 
Vulture. Kevin Spacey posts another bizarre video. The Wrap. Kevin Spacey ruins Christmas with Tucker Carlson video. I have to tell you, I got such a kick out of this. I am uh, posting it right now on my Facebook page if you want to watch it or listen to it yourself. Um, 800-848-9222 if you want to comment on uh, anything that we're talking about. All right. One issue, speaking of um, the holidays and Christmas, one issue that has been controversial over the years has been the issue of the Christmas card. And we don't really send out Christmas cards. This year, because Carmine's birthday was on Thanksgiving, people that gave him a gift, we came up with a thank you card that looks like a Christmas card. And for, you know, it's got Carmine's picture on it in front of the tree. And then, you know, thank you from the Moreno family. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And then we scribble a little personal message on the back. But I've never done the Christmas card because I'm, too afraid that I would leave someone out. And it's just such a labor intensive operation. I mean, I'm not, you know, bragging or anything, but I know a lot of people and I have a lot of close friends. You know, we had over 300 people at our wedding and that was after rejecting a lot of folks. So we don't do the Christmas cards because it would take us a while. My mom does it. And uh, and people really like her uh, cards because of it. People will reach out to me and they'll say, oh, I got this beautiful card for your mom. And it's your standard Christmas card. Christmas card with, you know, handwritten, uh, dear so-and-so, love, um, Stephanie, Jim, that's her longtime companion, and Watson, that's their dog. People love it. So um, the other day when Marlena Shiva was up at the studio, she hands me, she says, hey, since I'm seeing you now, I'll save on the postage. And she hands me a Christmas card. Oh, very nice. I open it up, and it's a nice picture of her beautiful daughters. Merry Christmas, uh, love, you know, her, her husband, and Rebel and Harley. And that's it. It's just a pre-printed Christmas card. Nothing handwritten on it. So. I said, huh, you know, I can't help but think all you did is pick a photo and press print. And I looked at the we we collect all the Christmas cards that we get and we post them on this Christmas card um, display case. And I'm looking at the thing here and I'd say about a third to a quarter of them have no nothing handwritten, nothing handwritten. It's just basically what Marlena did. It's an image where it's printed on the card. I like, even if it's just a line or two, even if it's just dear Frank and Rachel or or dear Moranos, love the Smiths, whatever the case may be, I like at least a little bit of a handwritten card. Are you with me on this? I I think that should be part of Christmas card or holiday card decorum, that there's got to be at the very least a wet signature. I don't think you could do just pre-printed. Now, maybe I'm um, not the person to be dictating Christmas card decorum because I don't send Christmas cards usually. And maybe I'm being silly complaining about people not writing on their Christmas card when I'm complaining, not complaining, but I'm explaining the reason why we don't send Christmas cards is because we have too many people on your, our Christmas card list. I'm curious where you are on that. Do you believe, as I do, that there should be at least some 
personalized, handwritten aspect to the card. I believe this strongly. And, you know, if you got too many people on your Christmas card list, then maybe, and you, you can't sit there and write out everything, maybe you don't send Christmas cards. Now, I'm sure if you're the president or the governor, okay, maybe there's thousands of people, in the case of the president, maybe millions of people that you have to send a Christmas card to. You can't do a wet signature. Okay. But unless you're the president, I kind of think, I don't know, you should be entitled to some sort of personalized handwritten note. What say you? 800-848-9222. Original Rick in original Jersey. Merry Christmas, my friend. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. Oh, of course. Thank you, Frank. Uh, and thanks for me being able to listen to you all year. You hit on the about people being lonely this time of year. I'm one of those sad sacks. Um, my mother passed away on Christmas Eve. And this just yesterday was the 20th anniversary. So, you know, when those milestones hit, it brings up a lot. And I just want to say thank you <clears throat> for uh, being there all year long because, you know, I'm a senior citizen, uh, uh, only child. So I have one relative that lives far away and my friends will live out of state. And sometimes, Frank, you're the only one I talk to all day. And I just want to say thank you for being there every morning and, and, and giving me, uh, you know, something to listen to for at least four hours well uh rick first of all i'm sorry about your mom and i love that you keep her memory alive and i love that you're talking about her but um there's no need to thank me obviously because if uh, this wasn't a two-way street one um you you've provided a lot of great content for for me and for us and uh, one of the reasons you're a listener of the week but um uh, two because um I, you know i think a lot of people you're speaking for a lot of people and in terms of what they're going through and uh, I, uh, you know, they say there's a lot of cliches out there, but with the thing with cliches is most of them tend to be true. And one that I really enjoy, and I find myself repeating this more often these days now that more and more of my friends have passed on, is they say that, um, you know, we die twice in life, once when you stop breathing and then once when the last person says your name. So I, I think it's great that you're keeping your mother's legacy alive and uh, obviously i know it's tough especially given her the anniversary of her passing but uh, uh i think it's great that you take a minute to remember her uh, to talk about her and to share that story uh or sh- share her her value to you with us so rick thank you for all that you do and uh you know we'll keep talking in 2024 god willing yes we will thank you and, and thank god for the twilight zone marathon Is that airing today too? I I know that's more of a uh, New Year's Day thing. Oh oh oh, it is. Oh, it is. Okay, gotcha. All right. Well, okay, maybe well, I'll, well, I'll check whatever, it out. whatever it is. I just try to keep my mind off of it. But again, thank you and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Of course, I didn't say that. Thank thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, take care. Uh, take care, Rick. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Let me say hello to Lou on Long Island. Lou, Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas to you and all at WABC. As far as Christmas cards go, um, you have to sign something, even your name. I sent out about, I sent out 28 cards and I wrote Merry Christmas from myself, love you, whatever, on every card. No matter what the printing was, it said Merry Christmas, pre-printed. I always write Merry Christmas myself. You have to put a personal touch. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Days to do it. 
Oh, I don't doubt it. I'm with you completely. I think that really that's what that's what the whole. I mean, and thanks for the call, Lou. Merry Christmas. Uh, I think that's what the whole point of a Christmas card is to me, which is you're showing someone that you thought about them, that you're spending a little bit of time, 66 cents worth of postage and a little bit of effort to send them a holiday greeting, to lift their spirits and really just to let them know what what you're up to. You know, one thing that used to be very common and it's not common anymore is folks used to use the Christmas card as a little bit of a, a family newsletter. Now, this wouldn't apply to me because I feel like every day I'm keeping you up to date in real time with what's going on in our family. But my cousins, uh, they live in Texas now, I believe, the Coleman's. They still do this. <clears throat> so I really enjoyed opening up their Christmas card. Nice picture of them. Handwritten um, greeting on the inside. And then there's a printed page. One page, single-spaced, just saying what everyone's doing. This is what uh, Sarah is doing. This is what Sarah's husband is doing. This is what Matthew is doing. This is what Donald is doing. This is what Jeanette is doing. And I really, I, I think that is something that is so wonderful, especially for people that don't keep up with social media. And you might share certain things with your Christmas card list in terms of your family news but that you wouldn't want to share on social media for whatever reason. So I like that. And uh, I love that, uh, my cousin Jeanette is still doing that. And uh, I hope more people end up doing that, including that element of a family newsletter in the Christmas card itself. All right. 800-848-9222. David is in the Boogie Down Bronx. Hey there, David. Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas to you as well. Now, I have to take issue with what you said about Christmas cards. Now, I'm speaking as someone who hasn't given or received a Christmas card in decades. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. And, and for I people that don't know, you're, you're blind. It's not that you're intentionally omitting all of your friends and family, right? No, that's true. Um, but the other thing is, I would be honored that at least someone remembered me at all. I think it's kind of, um, I don't want to say selfish, but maybe a little bit narcissistic on your part that you expect a personalized greeting in every Christmas card. Christmas cards are not cheap. Sending them is a hassle because they don't uh, fit into a normal size envelope. And, you know, it's, it's the fact that someone's actually taking the time to do all of that should be sufficient. I don't know why you expect them to write out some long personalized biography or update on their life story. I don't understand that. I really don't. Well, David, first of all, I'm not expecting a, a long personalized biography. I think the newsletter aspect of things is nice, especially for family that may live far away that you don't get to see very often. I'm not necessarily, even as I said, as long as it's just something handwritten, dear Frank, uh, Merry Christmas, love Bob. I, I think that's, uh, I think that's sufficient. I, I get, you know, you're right. You know, maybe it is a little bit narcissistic, but I have been accused of narcissism before. Uh, so uh, maybe, maybe if the shoe fits, this is me in keeping with, uh, one of my many character flaws. Uh, but, you know, well, we'll agree to disagree, David. Uh, okay. <laughs> thank you. One Merry Christmas. Go ahead. Did you want to add something? Yeah, please. I just want to say that um, unlike Thanksgiving when I was by myself, I'll be spending uh, Christmas with my niece and my nephew. So um, hopefully it'll be a good day. And I hope everyone who listens to this program has a good day and a happy Christmas. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, David. Appreciate that. 800-848-9222. Uh, Charlie is in Brooklyn. Charlie, Merry Christmas. 
Merry Christmas. Uh, you've been doing a great job. And uh, late at night, if I'm still up, I do listen to you. Uh, I don't Thank really you. take the time to send out cards. I don't have the patience, but I call everyone that I get a card from. And it's a great opportunity to talk to cousins that I otherwise wouldn't speak to. And now what I've been doing is getting their birthdays. And on their birthday, I call them up. So, you know, it's a, it's another way of staying in touch. Well, I think so that's a great on. philosophy, uh, Charlie. I think that's wonderful. Uh, good for you. Uh, appreciate that. I mean, that's the key. And thanks for the call, Charlie. Merry Christmas. I think that's the key, really, is staying in touch and making an effort to stay in touch and showing people that they're being thought of. I just think that if you're not even going to scribble your name, the card comes across as a little impersonal. That's my view. I see what David's saying. Maybe I'm asking too much. I like the handwritten aspect. You know. All right, 800-848-9222. Cousin Brucie is coming up early in uh, just a bit. Hey, you know, I don't know if you remember that segment that we did a couple of weeks ago on lab-grown diamonds. You know what I didn't realize until yesterday? My brother Nicholas, who got married a little more than a year ago in Hawaii, in Lahaina, he got my sister-in-law a lab-grown diamond for her ring. And it's a beautiful diamond. It's it's not only huge, but it's a special type of diamond. I, I think they call it a, I'm not a diamond expert, obviously. I think they call it a blue diamond. And basically he said, look, <clears throat> we, she likes the look of this one. And this is never something that I've ever would have been able to afford had we not gone the lab-grown route. And um, they're both very proud, I can tell. This was in their wedding announcement. It was on their wedding website that they went what they consider to be the more ethical route by going um, by getting a lab-grown diamond. Nicholas did mention that he was a little, um, you know, there was a little reluctance on their part because you use a lot of fossil fuels to um to create a lab grown diamond but they felt that it was a more ethical choice than a diamond that's from the mine a mine and after we were talking about this on air i asked my wife i said hey how would you feel if i had gotten you a lab grown diamond she said i wouldn't care she said i love the ring that you got me uh i think it's you know it's beautiful and thoughtful but no i wouldn't care i, I don't think there's a big need to <clears throat> waste money on, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but waste money on diamonds when a lab-grown diamond is essentially the same composition and more affordable, right? So after listening to Nicholas, who's, you know, much younger than me, and his wife, I think this trend towards lab-grown diamonds is only going to um, grow. I think you're only going to see more and more people going the lab-grown diamond route. So, hey, uh, we're going to go to Cousin Brucie in a moment, but first let me say a quick hello to Tom in the Bronx. Hello, Tom. Thank you, Frank. Um, for uh, uh, the card, it at least has to be signed, and it should at least be signed, and it should reflect who the person is, you know, instead of just a card that says, hello, Thanksgiving is Christmas, bye, and all that. You know, it should be a little somewhat personal. So you shouldn't have to add anything to it, you know? And as far as the diamond's concerned, who knows? Who would who would know? But I think the card should reflect who the person is. So there's nothing else to be added but a signature. 
Uh, well, again, I think the signatures in keeping with what I'm saying, it, uh, it it's just some little bit of personalization, some little bit of handwritten uh, something. Uh, hey, thanks for the call, Tom. Merry Christmas. Appreciate it. Hey, before we go to Cousin Brucey, let's say hello to uh, Chris from the Catskills. Uh, Chris, I've been seeing the SMS text messages you've been sending me all weekend, but uh, again, the they're a little bit too long, but uh, I, I always read the... <laughs> First line and the last line. So uh, how are you this morning? Merry Christmas. Uh, yeah, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, so that the, the potential of Curtis and Andrew Cuomo in a debate has me very intrigued. If I were Curtis and I were going to debate Cuomo, he seems like he's very good at thinking on his feet to spin information that's been asked of him. And I, the best way to counter that in a debate type of forum in, in a practice, let's say, would be to try and speculate how he's going to spin and what the issues would be he's going to spin on. And then you have a counter planned with the alternative of what your uh, application uh, to try and mitigate or solve that problem would have been different. And I think in Curtis's case, I heard him debate against Fernando Mateo, and Curtis mopped up the floor with him, but he did get a little angry and emotional. And I was not really impressed when I've seen Cuomo debate before. So most politicians I'm not overly impressed with, but I think if Curtis could uh, always keep it cerebral and be a policy wonk and intellectual, especially in this, the type of. publicity and coverage a debate like this would get he if he comes across like the wonk he wins hey um i, I tend to agree with you <clears throat> I, I think the thing with andrew cuomo and thanks for the call chris merry christmas the thing with andrew cuomo is if you look at his entire career he and including when he was a campaign manager for his father he tries to you know he has a little bit of an anger management issue right he gets riled up pretty easily so what he tries to do is avoid one-on-one debates. When he ran for governor in uh, 2006, 2006, 2010, he insisted that all of the minor parties be included in the debate because he didn't want a one-on-one with uh, the Republican candidate, Carl Palladino. 2014 did the same thing. Now, 2018 was uh, a little bit of a different ball game. He did agree to one one-on-one debate with Marcus Molinaro. And even with uh, Cynthia Nixon, both of them at times, especially Cynthia Nixon, got to him and he was on the verge of just exploding. So I suspect if there is a special election for mayor and it's Curtis and Cuomo, that Cuomo will prefer the forum that has a dozen candidates in it. And if it is a special election, I think the only time Cuomo would debate Curtis is in the debate that is mandated by the campaign finance board and they would probably mandate that all the candidates that fit that level of inclusion um and usually it's a certain amount of money spent and access to the ballot they would mandate that all of them be included so um i I don't know that we'll ever get to see that one-on-one curtis and cuomo debate but who knows one never knows all right cousin brucey uh joins us to talk christmas and more straight ahead the Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is the only non-Christmas song you are going to hear today because when you hear this anthem, even though it's some legends themselves, Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons, you know that you are about to hear a radio legend, someone that um, five generations of radio listeners have grown up listening to, and you can kind of tell someone's age by when they talked about listening to Cousin Brucie. Do they remember Cousin Brucie from WABC? Do they remember him from Wins? Do they remember him from WNBC, CBS FM, Sirius, or the latest incarnation of Cousin Brucie on WABC? Uh, I am very, very proud to be able to call a colleague, a man that I have idolized as a radio legend for as long as I've been able to listen to the radio, the one and only Cousin Brucie. Cousin Brucie, Merry Christmas. Hold on, hold on one second. Hold on first. Oh, hey, hold on, Nicola. Woo! Oh, that's sleep. I take it out once a year, Frank, and I, I really don't know what I'm doing. I, I can't find the gears. Anyway, hold on. Nicola, here's some oats. There you go. Upset. Okay, he's fine. We're fine. So I take th- out once a year, poor thing. Okay. The deer is named Nicola. Yeah, Nicola. <laughs> Nicola. You know, the you know you know the uh, red nosed reindeer. This is Nicola, the purple tail donkey. You know, uh, looking at all the great Christmas songs over the years, chestnuts roasting on an open fire, let it snow. Um, you know, it, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Silver Bell, even White Christmas. One of the things they have in common is that they were all written by Jewish writers. I happen to notice you happen to be a Jewish disc jockey. Is there something about Jews that they do Christmas better than Gentiles? <laughs> I, I have no idea. No idea, but it's it's not a strange situation. But, you know, listen, you go back to music. There's no religious thing. There's no ethnic thing with music. Music is God's gift to all of us. And uh, I don't think there's any 
anybody looking at their Jewish or Christian or Muslim or, you know, I just think it's given to us as a gift, you know, and we should accept it and use it and learn from it. That's what we need to do. One of the reasons that I was so eager to talk to you today is because I love your show. It's a Saturday night party. It's a break from everything that's wrong with the world. You're not talking about the wars. You're not talking about politics. It's just four hours of fun. And even if someone calls you that's going through a tough time, you manage to help them find a silver lining. Isn't that more important on Christmas than any other day? I think Christmas uh, is important, but I think it should be every other day. And I think the spirit and the heart and the soul of Christmas should be 800 days a year. And I don't mean 365. I'm talking about all the time. You know, I love that you said that because at the top of my show, every time when I do that, I've always done this. I tell people there's no politics. Leave the politics where it belongs. And I don't have to say where it, to me where it belongs. You know, I think we all know that. <laughs> and it's a green space. So we have four hours of time when you can just... I like you, neighbor. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, liberal, independent. I don't care if you're red or green or blue or purple. You're okay, right? Let's get together. And and that's what I love to do. And I feel it works. But like you say, every once in a while you get some kind of schmendrick on the air that wants to yell somebody's name, etc. And I try not to get angry, try not to get my personal part into which I look, I'm just like you are. I lose my temper too. But I try on the air, I have a rubber band around my wrist, and anytime I get a little angry, I go clunk. And I, you know that trick? That's a great <laughs> trick, Mike. If you ever get angry, put a rubber band, a rubber band around your wrist, and you plunk it. And you stop getting angry right away because it hurts a little bit. And I'll... I try to say to the guy, look, I, I understand what you're talking about. Call, call Frank Morano. Call, call Cousin Frank. Talk to him about this. Leave me alone. Tell me about Elvis Presley and Bobby Darren. And it gets them out of it. It usually does. I love it. I love it. You know, there's been so many great Christmas songs over the years, and I've heard you doing a lot of great Christmas shows over the years, going back at least 30 years, probably more like 60 years. I know it's an unfair question, but if you had to pick, what is your absolute favorite Christmas song, Bruce? That is is so tough because, you know, I do the top 50 songs. And I did it last Saturday on the show. Well, I like, I think it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. You know, I love that. I love that song. I like that song and uh, uh, Peace on Earth. And uh, You know what's a great song? We need, this is traditional, almost traditional pop. We need a little Christmas. And that's kind of, I think that sums it up. Oh, we need, that's by Percy Faith. Wonderful song. Wonderful song. You're not going to go wrong with that one. Those are some great, uh, great selections. What are uh, what's Cousin Brucey and uh, Jody and everybody in the Cousin Brucey family doing today on Christmas Day? Well, just we're honestly relaxing a little bit. We had a, a wonderful Christmas Eve with our friends, Michael and Barbara. We went out to, to have a Christmas Eve dinner, which we love. By the way, I just want to tell you, you, you got some religion in the, when you and I first started. We celebrate Christmas uh, in our family, all of us. We always have. We celebrate the tradition, the respect that we have for our neighbors, right? So it's a a day that we feel that it's special. Christmas is a special day in our family, too. So what we're going to do is just relax a little bit and talk to our loved ones and and try to see some friends and just have a very peaceful, relaxed day. That's what I like. And I want to hear a little music. 
Oh, that sounds wonderful. Do you remember the first Christmas you ever spent on the radio? Was it in Bermuda? Was it in New York? Was it somewhere else? I I can almost remember the first Christmas I ever spent that I that I remember as a child. But on the radio, I think it was at WINS. Yeah, and I started this top fifty tradition, which I've been doing for many years. And uh, it, it the top fifty uh, songs of all time—that's pop songs, by the way. Uh, the religious songs is—I I leave that, you know, to all my colleagues. This is all the pop stuff. And what I do is I've been collecting over the years, Frank, cousin Frankie, uh, of these songs, and I sort of keep a, a, a an unscientific record of the survey. So I put together the top 50 songs. They change a little bit every year. I know this year I added another Perry Como song. And uh, obviously we have to pay great respect to Brenda Lee. You, you've been reading about what happened there. That's amazing. 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 <laughs> it became number one again. On my survey, uh, it was, I think it was, it came in at about number, let me see, I have it right in front of me. I love this list because it makes me look forward to next year. Uh, Brenda Lee came in at number four, at number four, the number one song. What do you think, number one song? Very traditional. What do you think? I'm guessing Mariah Carey. Oh, no, not even. I don't even have Carey on my list. Isn't that weird? Uh, I never, I have not ever received a, uh, I don't know why. Is it Mel Torme? Mel Torme? No. I'm dreaming of a wine. Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby, yeah. Can't go wrong with that one. That's uh, that's five star. It, you know, it, earlier we um, we played a clip of uh, your former colleague and my my friend Barry Farber reading "Twas the Night Before Christmas" in Yiddish. And when I was researching that clip, it caused me to go down a rabbit hole, and I found this interview that he did with you from about thirty five years ago. And one of the things I didn't realize is back when you guys were both working in radio in the sixties. When they would do news, news reports, they would actually have sound effects during the news. Is that right? Yep, yep. They would do that to emphasize what was going on. Of course, that's not exactly uh, (laughs) uh, kosher, shall we say. That's not, you know, that they've had. So if there was an airplane crash, there'd be a crash. If there was a gunfire, which was sparse in those days, thank God, uh, there'd be gunfire. And there was always music to emphasize a point. Yeah. Uh, I, why they did that, I don't know. It was drama. I guess it was a leftover, you know, from the, the days of uh, dramatic radio, you know, the, when we used to have drama on the radio. And that, and they were great. because there's nothing better than the, using the imagination. And that's what was so nice. It was so nice about radio. I can mention something. I can mention uh, uh, a Christmas tree with a beautiful red light star on top. And immediately our listeners right now, have that in their mind, right? Theater. It's theater. Theater of the mind. And that's the beautiful part of radio. But they used to use that. Absolutely correct. I forgot about that. Makes me laugh right now. I think people would be pretty upset with that phony radio. It's not good. (laughs) You know, you are the master, and if people are just tuning in, we're talking with uh, the legendary cousin Brucie, DJ par excellence, really the measure, the standard by which all other DJs are measured. You are the master of the song dedication. And I'm wondering, how do you think that tradition got started in radio, the dedication of a specific song for a specific person? Well, I I wish I could take take, uh, blame for that, if you would. Uh, now, that started many, many years ago 
Well, well, Alan Freed had it, and uh, I think even Morton Block had it. Uh, a lot of the older radio stations and uh, programs had it. But, you know, I'm just trying to think, what you just said something stirred something in my imagination. I, almost every year on July 4th, I do the Brucci fireworks, right, on radio. Now, fireworks on radio, it's a, a little stretch. But I have sound effects, I have marching bands, and uh, I'll tell you a funny story. It's very real sounding. And, you know, when people get on, you remember there was a thing, Frank, years ago about the uh, invasion, uh, uh, aliens were invading, you know, from Mars oh, or something. Oh, sure, Orson Welles, War of the Worlds, World. yeah. Yeah, Orson Welles, I think it was, caused a lot of people getting hurt. And I think there was a couple of people that got more than hurt. Uh, so radio was a very poignant, wonderful thing with imagination and theater, and there's nothing more real, so you have to treat it carefully. Here's a funny story. So I'm doing my firework, my Bruchis, you know, a little play on Gucci. The Brucci fireworks, and they're, they're going, and I'm yelling, hey, look at that, WABC in red, white, and blue. And you hear the marching bands, and people are going wild. Uh, I got through with that broadcast one day, and it's once, this is a great demonstration of how you have to be careful, Cousin Frank. I go downstairs, and a guard comes over to me, ready to go out. I think it was on NBC at that time. And he said to me, I don't think you should go out the front door. I said, what's the matter? There's a few people waiting for you that are angry. I said, what do you mean? They were looking for the fireworks. And the one guy was a taxi driver, I'll never forget this, and he lost a lot of money because he pulled over and lost over an hour of fares because he was looking for the Cousin Brucci fireworks. <laughs> kind of scary. Yeah. yeah. Now, we can laugh at it, but if you think about it, that's a little irresponsible. But it was fun. <laughs> I love that. That's hey. a Oh, that really happened. You know, as you've mentioned, you've been doing these Christmas shows for a while with the uh, Christmas uh, Top 50 for a while. I came across an air check from your Christmas show in uh, 1967, and this show was so meaningful at the time because it was actually sent over to the troops in Vietnam, and especially, I imagine, the ones from the New York area. This gave them a, um, a little bit of a dose of home. All right, everybody, this is your cousin Brucey in New York City. We have the music for you, the four seasons, of course, doing that great theme. Now, this next hour of our show, you bring this down because I want to talk. Next hour of our show, thank you, Donnie. Next hour of our show uh, is something sort of special. We are taping it, and it's going to be sent to literally thousands of guys in Vietnam, and we hope that it'll be there. Time for Christmas, so it's sort of going to be a, sort of a Christmas gift from also here at WABC to all the guys overseas. So thousands of cousins are requesting our cousin Brucey show. We're taping this ticket. I wonder we're going to reproduce it several, several times and send it over to the special guys that ask for it and it'll be broadcast and played and uh, we passed them off from tape recorder to tape recorder. So all the fellas listening to me right now, everybody here in the United States, believe me, we're proud of you and I hope you have a Merry Christmas and we certainly hope that you come home to a safe and sound very, very shortly. So to you fellas, we dedicate the next hour of the Cousin Brucey show. God bless you. Here we go. WABC Super Hit with the internet that's really something that people get to enjoy year round with you they don't need someone to send them an air check in uh, eastern europe or in iraq or wherever they happen to be they can listen anywhere in the world on the internet do you find that a lot of people that grew up with you on the radio in new york or maybe even on sirius are now listening to you all over the country all over the world on the internet yes yes you know my favorite is there's a guy named frankie I'm his morning show. You know where he listens to me in the morning? <laughs> Tokyo. 
That's Come great. on, that, that, that is phenomenal. What, think about that. Think about what we have technologically. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, Frank. Uh, we can be anywhere, anytime that we want. You know, all people have to do is just tune in. But, you know, people still ask for tapes, and God forbid, in a war zone especially, to have them, you know, with a, a cassette or uh, today, uh, you know, a little uh, uh, little device that they can plug in somewhere. Right. It makes it much easier. But it's wonderful that we can reach people all over the world, Frank. So we have to be careful not to put breachy fireworks up. <laughs> I'm looking at this uh, set list from 1967, and some of the songs are songs that you might have played on Saturday, uh, like uh, Snoopy and the uh, Snoopy's Christmas by the Royal Guardsmen. Others I haven't heard on the radio in a while. Uh, a couple of Bobby Vinton songs, for instance. Why do some songs remain timeless and still get played on the radio 60 Christmases later, whereas others are okay for their time, but they don't have that kind of durability? Well, the durability comes from what they call romance and people's feeling sentimentality for certain things. Because around Christmas time, around any major holiday time, uh, people get very sentimental because they start thinking about, gee, I was eight years old, and I remember Mom and I used to sit around, and I'll never forget Bobby, Bobby Vinton singing this song uh, to me. You know, I'd like to hear that again so I can think of Mom. So it's a matter of memory, mm. romance, sentimentality, and it's just a human experience, and that's what gives us this this great, wonderful device that we have. It's called music, which is very medicinal, Frank. Music is medicinal. It makes you feel good. It brings back good feelings, right? And sometimes a little melancholy, a little sad, but it's there. It's very real. Music is the food of love. And you know who said that? I don't. Shakespeare. Ah. If music be the food of love. Play on, Frank. Give me excess of it, Frank. <laughs> Cousin Brucey, it is a treat to be able to call you a colleague. On my son's uh, second birthday, we were all listening to you on the radio, and uh, you heard a thunderous round of applause when you gave him a shout-out for his birthday. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. I hope we get to spend a lot of time together in 2024. Let's do it. I love talking to you, Cousin Frank. Thank you. And Merry Christmas to everybody, and uh, Happy New Year. And Let's pray that this is going to be a good one. Absolutely. You can catch Cousin Brucey every Saturday night from 6 to 10. Cousin Brucey's Saturday Night Party on 77 WABC in New York. If you're listening on any of our other stations around the country, you can uh, absolutely check it out at WABCradio.com. There are a lot of great DJs out there. There's only one Cousin Brucey. This is the special Christmas edition of The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. Get out of here. Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow Of a white Christmas 
With every Christmas card I write May your days be merry and bright And may all your Christmases be white Don't you stand there I'm dreaming of a white Christmas With every Christmas card I write May your days be merry and bright the top of the hour, and uh, I get to start my Christmas vacation, not Clark Griswold style, but uh, I will not be here tomorrow. I'm going to be spending some time with uh, our son Carmine and uh, my wife and uh, chilling out a little bit. I'm not sure who will be here tomorrow, but uh, I'm sure it'll be something really interesting and really compelling, and then I'll be back Wednesday morning with, uh, with Dr. Sky. Very much looking forward to that. All right. Um, if you want to start queuing up, we're going to do 15 seconds of fame. The other side of midnight. This is 15 seconds of fame. All right, Mike. Merry Christmas, Frank. Merry Christmas, Frank. Hey, how come I didn't get a Christmas card from you? I heard all the other listeners got one, and I didn't get one. However, I did get one from Elaine, and she did sign it in her special way. So I'll be enjoying that on Christmas Day. John. Merry Christmas to you and Carmine. Brandon. Elias, it's great to have you back. Tony, Christian, Merry Christmas. Frank, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Love you, buddy. Robert. Merry Christmas, Frank. Please give me a Christmas gift. I sent you photos of all my rescues. Please send me one of your most recent Oh, sure. He's with me now. I'll send yeah, you a photo. I think it. I have your number. Okay, I will uh, I will do that. And Rick. <clears throat> Merry Christmas, Frank, to you and your family. God bless, and may God always be by your side. God bless. Take care. Uh, that's uh, awfully nice of you, Rick. Thank you. Uh, 800-848-9222 if you want to try and get a... Uh, a last 15 seconds in before we get started with the uh, Christmas holiday. Uh, otherwise, we'll, um, you know, we'll kind of leave it, leave it there. Hey, um, <clears throat> there's a very interesting 
Hey, you know, I'm sorry. You know, we could we can call that the end of uh, 15 seconds of fame for uh, for today, Tony. Appreciate that. I'm sorry I didn't get to. You know, every year for the last three years, I've been reading different selections from this wonderful book called Santa Claus Worldwide: A History of Saint Nicholas and Other Holiday Gift Bringers. It's by uh, Tom German who's been a guest on this show. Uh, he was a guest on the show three years ago, and he's a great writer and has great stories. He's one of these people who I thought when I read this book was going to be a regular guest of mine every Christmas. And then I had him on, and some of you may remember him from a couple of years ago, and he was okay. He, like a lot of writers, is much more geared towards the printed page than he is for the radio. You know, he's not necessarily as uh, as punchy and as upbeat. You know, different people have their strengths. You know, I'd, I'd like to think one of my strengths is communicating uh, verbally. In the case of Tom German, it's the written word. But there's all these great stories about the history of Christmas in there, about other holiday gift givers, about how the image of Santa Claus came to be, the celebration of, of Christmas before Christ, the establishment of the nativity of Jesus as a Christian holiday. It's really, really fascinating. The different regional differences, stuff with Krampus. And so every year I try to read a different selection from one of these stories. And today I was going back and forth between whether we should do the establishment of the nativity of Jesus as a Christian holiday or whether we should do uh, the celebration of Christmas before Christ, or how we should uh, dispel some popular misconceptions about the image of Santa Claus. A lot of people think of it as being invented 200 years ago, and that's not the case. I, you know, we had so much going on, uh, so many great clips that I wanted to play, uh, so many great guests that uh, that we had on that I didn't get to do this. So maybe we'll revisit that next year, and if time permits, maybe I'll do uh, a video on Facebook with uh with one of these stories although i'm not sure how interesting that is either just me reading one of these stories on facebook but if you're interested in that follow my facebook page and uh, we'll try and do it hey uh this has been a lot of fun i love christmas and it's not just because of the seafood and the decorations and the presents and the great christmas movies uh but uh because i really do feel like people make an effort to be a little bit nicer this time of year and today I appreciate you spending Christmas with me, whether you're meeting a bunch of family. A lot of people have been re mentioning that they're up early wrapping gifts. Whyever you're up now, thank you for being awake. Uh, enjoy Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Good day.